This is Wyman and Bob on Seattle Sports, powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Streaming live on the Seattle Sports app and at seattlesports.com. Now, here are your hosts, Dave Wyman and Bob Stelton. We've been doing this every Friday, calling it the Seahawks Alumni Series, unofficially, is what we've been calling it. This would be uh, Buddies of Dave Wyman. Yeah. How about that? Well, you've got some good friends. I feel weird saying my own name like I'm going third person. Don't don't do that. That makes everybody uncomfortable. This guy would never do that. I hope not. C-Dub would never do that. Because as I told you when we talked about this, I'm excited to talk to this guy as a young Seahawks fan. I remember watching him, and he's one of the few guys I've never had a chance to speak with. Until now, he joins us on the Emerald Queen Casino Sportsbook Hotline. He is the one, the only, Kurt Warner with us. How are you, sir? I'm doing excellent. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Well, it, it's good to talk to you. And and uh, first of all, did you ever imagine Dave Wyman? Think of him as a player back in the day. Did you ever imagine him as a talking head, as a guy who's on the radio spouting opinions about? Not at all. Not <laughs> at all. Why monster? The thing about why monster? He was uh, your your linebacker. He has your linebacker mentality where they hit first and then ask questions later. (laughs) So uh, I tried to stay out of his way as much as I could on the practice field. Uh, But uh, he's sort of – he's loosened up. He's softened up. uh, And uh, he's he's just a dear friend of mine, and I I love him to death. So there you go. Oh, well, I feel the same way, Kurt. And it's great, great hearing from you. I was telling the story, by the way, the other day, my uh, my first mini camp here as a drafted right. rookie that I was covering you and I accidentally jammed you in the throat with my thumb or something. And you're like, man, yeah, rookie, yeah, dumb, yeah, dumb rookie. Yeah. <laughs> dumb rookie. Yeah. I, I, I know what you were doing. <laughs> and uh, I went over afterwards and told Knox, I told Chuck, I said, Chuck, don't cut it. Don't cut him yet. I think he'll be okay. <laughs> he I'm, saved I'm, your career. I'm making that up as, as we go along. So, <laughs> That's yeah. okay. I like it. I like um, it. It's a good story. Stick to it. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Embellishment is half, the, it's half the, the battle when it comes to uh, – you know, telling those stories. Well, it's a, it's right. The the older you get, the more tall the the tales are. But hey, <laughs> yes. we were looking, Kurt. Your your rookie year, man, fourteen hundred and forty nine yards, according to Pro Football Reference, yep. and thirteen touchdowns. Looks like you had a touchdown receiving, so fourteen. I mean, that was really a good year. And man, you couldn't get a break with rookie of the year. There were so many. There were some good players. I think Eric Dickerson. Oh and, my goodness! Yeah, Eric Dickerson. John Elway, my roommate Tom Blackledge. I mean, oh yeah, it was Dan a, Marino. It was a great, yeah, Dan Marino. I mean, geez, it's pretty good class. Very yeah. good class that year. Yeah. Well, and then you know, to refresh my memory. I'm uh, we we're looking at the um, the next year. So after your rookie year, you had one game, and I think what wasn't there like you uh, had like a I don't know if it was your first carry after. Yeah, but I've been. It was like your first carry. It was, it was an anti. The first carry, it was in the series. We had moved the ball down to about the three-yard line, four-yard line. We went pitch to the left. Then we came back and went pitch to the right. And uh, that was it. I was finished after that play. So. That's I was Kurt. I was asking Dave about this because I feel like as the years have gone on, when we talk about Kurt Warner, the Seahawks, like oh my goodness, that rookie year and what a running back. And if not for that knee injury, he could have been this, that, or the other. And you, and then you look at the numbers, you're going, well, the very next year after that, you went over a thousand yards, and then the next yeah. year after that, you yeah. go f- almost fifteen hundred yards. 
So yeah. I'm not saying the knee injury didn't have an impact, but my goodness, you bounced back in a very big way. Did it? Do you look at it that way and say, man, if I didn't hurt my knee, maybe my career numbers look this much better? Or how much of an impact did that actually have the rest of your career? Well, I'll let you on a little secret. Uh, it, it wasn't just the knee. It was that concrete that we were playing on that makes it kind of tough on you. So <laughs> yeah. I had a, a few uh, uh, bone spurs to go right along with it. And I ended up, I, when it was all said and done, I think I had like six operations in eight years. Wow. And uh, at some point, you, you know, it's going to affect how you play, what you do, how you do things. And, you know, I, obviously I was the last one to figure that one out. But at some point, you just you just you just don't have it any longer, and it is a tough reality to to have to deal with. Uh, and I just you know I just wasn't as good as I as I was years before that with the wear and tear. And then at some point, you, you just you get fired. <laughs> you got to move on. Yeah, that, that's the reality of it. I mean, that's just how it works. That's the NFL. It's business. Unfortunately, we would like we would all like to play for twenty years, like Tom Brady was. But um, on the average, it's probably what Dave three four years maybe. Yeah, you're gonna get a chance to play in the NFL. Yeah, so, NFL average, average about three three plus. Hey, uh, tell because I have I've told my stories, but you know you played at Penn State. <laughs> And, you know, I played yep. at Stanford, and it was, you know, beautiful field. But going into the kingdom, now you mentioned the concrete, but what were your memories yeah. of, of going into – to me, it was always like a like a business, like an office or a hallway in a business building or something. I mean, the fluorescent lights, but there yep. was also like that the, – the kingdom kind of grew on you a little bit. What were your uh, memories? The wave and the kingdom. I mean, that's that's it. That's That was our – tagline if you had something to say about the seattle seahawks everybody knew about the wave mm. and it was it was just a a sight for eyes to see especially when we were playing the raiders and then you know they would start griping about oh it's too loud i can't play and then you gotta you know and then the rest would threaten everyone in the crowd and we're going to give you a 15-yard penalty <laughs> do you think that shut them down no i don't think so it got louder. It got crazier. Kurt, who? who? That's what I remember. Yeah. Uh, it, it playing in the kingdom. It was just a great atmosphere to play in. Who were your heroes? Who did you Who did you look up to or model your game after as a young guy? Uh, I, I, I love Franco Harris. I loved, uh, you know, Peyton. Uh, gosh. Uh, I was a big Gail Sayers fan, mm. so you know it's just just a number of guys that O.J. Simpson. I mean, I he I know he's had some issues, but man, on the yeah. football field, <laughs> wow, yeah. what a phenomenal player! And Earl Campbell, I I, I like watching Earl Campbell play. You know, he was just a battering ram. Yeah. So you know there there was some some guys to to admire uh, and to. Uh, Pick up now. I, I was never going to be an Earl Campbell, but I really liked his style. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that wasn't my style, but that was definitely his style. And you know, each of us have their own way of doing things. And to be successful in the league, you better you better find something, and uh, you, you need to stick with it when you, when you find something that works. 
Hey, Kurt, uh, as far as uh, your, your teammates, and uh, this is this has really been cool for me on, on Fridays. You know, I'm just kind of going through my, my list of my friends that I've made here. We've had Jacob Green, Joe Nash, uh, Dave Craig, who is, I think everybody understands that you can only have Dave on once every five years because it, it just wears you out. But uh, but who who are some of the guys that you uh, that you still keep in touch with? Uh, uh, Dave Craig. Yeah. As a matter of fact, Dave called me on my birthday. Oh. Uh, and we got a chance to talk. And then I returned a favor him as well because my wife reminded me that he's on Facebook and it's Dave's birthday today. So okay. that's kind of how I do it. Yeah. And then I, I would call him up and start chatting. So, so you, t- you talk. What a wonderful guy. Yeah. He, he really is. Uh, do you talk to, to Jacob or Joe or any of those guys? Anybody else? I talk to Jacob yeah. uh, from from time to time. I, I talk to a guy by the name of Dave Wyman from from time to time as well. <laughs> what about uh, uh, what about Chumley? Uh, no, I haven't. I haven't talked to him in a while. Okay, in a while. So he yeah. just he just automatically knows that's John L. Williams. Mm. John L. Williams, he, nicknamed Chumley. What a phenomenal football player! As yeah, well. it's, it's, incredible. Uh, it was it was fun uh, playing. Uh, in the same backfield with him, he was just a—he was a great teammate, and we, we had a—we had a good combination, good thing there going for a while. You know, Kurt, Dave, and I have talked often about you know great players in any sport that that played for a team you weren't quite aware of toward the end of their career. Franco Harris played for the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you yeah. go into all these other sports that guys have moved teams, and I—I I didn't even realize, and I'm—I'm I'm a fan that you played for the Rams in your final year. That's what was that like? Yeah, I, I don't I don't usually talk about that very often, but it was kind of one of those things where, you know, it's free agency. You, you think you're better than when you really are. And I went down there. If I had to do it over again, I would have stayed at home. Mm. But I didn't. Uh, but that's OK. I, you know, years as years go by, you, 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 you get an opportunity to uh, to reminisce on, on certain decisions that you made in life. And, you know, it wasn't my worst decision, but uh, it was one of those things where you go, man, I probably should have stayed where I was. Mm-hmm. I, Be I, that as it may. I can't even picture you in a Rams uniform. It doesn't doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, it, it didn't last very long, so there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Number 28. That's a, if you close your eyes, you see the silver, silver helmet, blue jersey. Number 28. Uh, yep. Yep. Hey, uh, Kurt, tell us a little bit about uh, some of the – I know at one point um, you uh, – do you still have car dealerships or tell everybody uh, sort of what you've been no, doing? No, no, I'm not, I'm not in the car industry. I was in the car industry for a number of years. Yeah. Um, ended up uh, selling, and I, I'm in the insurance industry. Okay. Uh, so I uh, was a farmer's agent. Uh, now I work for a company called Keystone Insurers Group. It is out of uh, Pennsylvania, and uh, it, it's a great company to work for. So I had nothing but a good experience in dealing with these guys. Now, how many people that you deal with ask you about your career or re- recognize you? Like, are you you're that Kurt Warner? Did you get much of that? No, that's that. You know what? I used to get offended when they would go Kurt Warner, and they would go Kurt with a K. Yeah. But I've, I've learned to adapt. <laughs> I learned to kind of, you know, uh, change the story a little bit. And I'll say something like, uh, and I don't want it to offend anyone, I, I, but I'll, I'll just tell you what I normally say. And I'm joking when I say it. I say, hey, you know what? 
it's an amazing thing what special effects and lighting will do for you. <laughs> uh, and, and, and they'll just look at me like, what? <laughs> You're like, nobody yeah, knew I could throw you know, the way the way I, I do. I reinvented myself. <laughs> you know, in, in the 80s and the 90s, I reinvented myself. I became a little better in color shade and... <laughs> And uh, I, I was the quarterback, and yeah, yeah they don't look at me like, Are you have you lost your mind? No, but finally I'll just go, okay, I'm just messing with you. So. Yeah. Well, but, um, Hey, C-Dub, uh, just uh, this last year, I'm not sure how much Seahawk football you watch, but there was a guy, a rookie, that I thought you might be particularly yep. interested in, and, and Kenneth Walker, who went to Michigan State, which was yep. a, a rival of yours when you were at Penn State. But, um, yeah, tell us about what you, you see in that kid, and just like running backs in general, that some of the some of the names of, of uh, the, the guys that you, you like the way they run. Well, the, the thing you have to... You know, as Chuck used to say, and I think, you know, Chuck Knox, what he said to me, and his coaching philosophy was, you know, run where they ain't, run to daylight, and the ball ain't heavy. Okay? And that's really what he said to me. I'm like, okay. So you you have to be able to force you pick to choose where you're going to run. There is a commitment there. And then you have to challenge it to a certain degree where then you go left or right or in between. So they never told me where exactly I needed to run. They just pointed me in the right direction, and then they gave me the ability to improvise, run the daylight, run where they ain't, hit the point of attack, let them, you know, let a Dave Wineman come up in the whole thing, and he's got me, and then I just slip off to the side. <laughs> that and, happened uh, a lot. He, he, he doesn't know what hit him. He doesn't know what hit him. He's looking at me like, what, what, what happened just, what just happened here? <laughs> but uh, it, it's, it's one of those things where it's an it factor, and some guys, they just know where to be. And I think that Kenneth Walker has that ability to do that. Mm-hmm. He has the ability to, 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 to determine the point of attack, and then he has enough speed and agility to get from there to the next phase. Yeah. And that's either go right or left and hit the hole. And all you need in football, you know, with all of the technology and all the things that they do to compare uh, how different uh, players play, I, for a running back, your job between the tackles is to get four yards plus. If you can get me four yards plus, then – you know what? We we've got a pretty good uh, we've got a pretty good guy here, and I think he's able to do that. So depending on you know what they do, how they do it with the Seahawks organization, I think they've got a, a real good player uh, to uh, to work with, along with other guys that they have as well. Yeah. So Kurt, uh, you, once you stopped playing, did you continue following football, or were you somebody that said, "I'm going to get away from, I'm not going to watch it for a while"? Or what, what? What was your level of involvement, just in terms of, of observing, watching guys you played with, things like that? Oh, I still watch it. You know, the NFL is, is the best game in town. I, it's hard not to watch, especially with <clears throat> excuse me, you got red zone and all the other things that go along with it. So yeah, it's 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 interesting to watch, and uh, it. Uh, the game has changed somewhat uh, uh, as far as the collision aspect of it. I mean, it's it's safer, which which should be. But uh, there are some things that, that are going on out there, and you're going like, yeah, I can remember, geez, they, they didn't 
they didn't protect us that much. <laughs> uh, you know, you know, what, a I linebacker didn't get that kind of protection. I'm telling you that right now. They didn't say, "Oh, you know, you two, you guys can't hit him. Only one guy at a time can hit him." Now with us, it was like one, two, three, four, five guys hitting you from wherever and whenever, and some guys holding you up and and all kinds of. Yeah, stuff. we call that the good old days, Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I call it. <laughs> yeah, the, the game has changed, and you know. But here's the thing about it: is that these guys are they're just big, they're strong, they're agile. They're, I mean, and, and they they got a nasty disposition. And, and I guess at some point you you've got to sort of sort of get it under control. But um, man, it it's definitely changed, and. Uh, they're not going to let the quarterbacks get hit, which I don't, you know, from a from a business scale perspective. I mean, you're paying these guys a lot of money, so it yeah. kind of helps when the owners are saying, hey, let's not hit this guy. Which, you know, it, 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 when we were playing in the good old days, I mean, guys, just, they just cheat off on us. So yeah. That's just how it worked. Hey, who are who are some of the guys at your spot at running back that maybe you've appreciated over the years after you? The, you know, you could go back as far as maybe Barry and Emmett, or or you know Adrian Peterson, or even today a Derrick Henry. Or is there are there names that stand out to you that were running backs you looked at and said, "All right, I respect that guy's game." Uh, Henry, Derrick Henry is a, is a pretty good football player. I mean, he's one of those big guys that that's fast and he can get down the field fairly quickly. Very deceptive in how quick and fast, and and he can and he can hit up inside as well when when it when it needs to happen. Uh, no, other than that, I'll tell you something. Uh, it, it's the game has turned into more of a passing league, which is you know it's fine. It's the NFL, so it, it's really you know the guys they're just it, it's tough to evaluate them when they're not doing it all the time, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Not running the ball on a regular basis, a consistent basis. And uh, they're, they're throwing the ball down the field a little bit more. Using the running backs in those slot positions and so on and so forth. So I think if the game has, has definitely uh, changed from the standpoint that they, they're stretching the field, uh, allowing for more uh, opportunities to get outside, uh, maybe not running as much on the inside. Uh, so it, it's really hard to determine who's doing what, to be honest with you. Hey, but it's still enjoyable to watch. Hey, last one before we let you go, Kurt. I'm, I'm just curious, outside of Dave Wyman, was there ever a, a defensive player you looked at and said, man, I, I don't want to face this guy. I don't want to. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't want yeah. any part of what he's bringing to the party. Kenny Easley, without a doubt. Mm. The most vicious football player I have ever, ever seen in my life. I mean, he had no – I don't know what it was about him. See, if I'm running full speed and then I get to the point of contact, I'm going to probably give him a little head fake, a little – I'm going to, you know, try to get him off balance a little bit uh, and and then make the contact. But with him, it it was just like somebody shot a bullet out of a gun. He just didn't slow down whatsoever. It's like, I don't know how you do that, man. What is wrong with you? (laughs) But – but and we had a lot of guys that the you know, Y monster would step up in the hold on these uh, these on these guards and take these guys on. I mean, you 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 better bring something if you're going to step up inside and play with these guards the way they were doing it. 
And uh, so, you know, you, you have to respect the guys on the other side. If you don't, then you're making a, a, a big mistake uh, with regards to the talent, the speed, the force, uh, the, the knowledge. I mean, them being able to basically call the play out before you run the play. That's, that can be disturbing at times mm-hmm. when they know where the ball is going. So, well, uh, but Kurt, it's uh, it's great a, talking to you, buddy. Yeah, honored to speak with Likewise. you. Thanks, Scott. Really appreciate great you taking with ta- you guys as well. Yeah, a lot of lot of Seahawks fans very excited to hear from you and uh, very cool to talk to you. Thanks so much for taking the time, Kurt. All right, guys, thank you. Appreciate it. See you, C Dub. There you go. The great Kurt Warner spending some time with us, a former teammate of Dave Wyman and uh, Y Monster, as he calls you. <laughs> he used to, his voice would get really high when he would get irritated. I was telling you the story. I'll, I'll tell it real quick, or should we wait till we come back from break? Because yeah, you gotta, you it involves gotta, Paul, Mo, Paul Moyer. And a little bit. Paul wasn't uh, super. Uh, Kurt and I were sitting in the training room. I had gone out and did boil out, which was. 10 100s on Monday after the Sunday game, mm-hmm. and you want to run those as hard as you can because you want to get the sweat and everything out. And so Kurt didn't go out because there was something with his ankle. And Moyer, which those two, Moyer and Kurt back in the day, I thought they were a couple. You know, <laughs> they, they were, were tight. always together, you know, and they always went golfing, and then they would sit and talk about golfing, and I would just get bored listening to that. But, <laughs> um, but then, you know, so one time Paul comes in and goes, hey, man, you're a leader. You got to, to Kurt, he goes, you got to be out there. And you know, and so Kurt starts getting irritated by Paul, and so I figure, why don't I just stir it up a little bit? <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, C-Dub, I don't know about you, but I, I see a player standing over there saying that to you, not a coach. And he's like, and his voice would get real, that's right, why, monster? You know, what's, what, what's he telling me that for? What? And I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I mean, I'm, I don't see a coach over there. I see a, I see a player. I don't know why he's telling you. And then Moyer got really mad and said, bleep you to me. And then we laughed about it later. But, uh, uh. yeah, it was... <laughs> It was just one of those memorable moments that, like, I was like, "Man, I just totally stirred the pot there." Yeah, you great. were proud, weren't you? Oh, I was so proud of You're myself. Like, look what I did. It's all because of me. Yeah, pretty much all because of me. You're yeah. like Jerry. <laughs> but yeah, it was a. But C Dub was a great. I mean, he was a tough guy. Um, just a great guy in the locker room. Everybody loved Kurt. Man, and, you yeah. look at his numbers. Yeah. It's it's. I feel like, you know, as time has gone on, you're not looking back at the numbers and you just hear about these guys. And it was always, yeah, if not for that knee injury, and and I don't have any doubt that had an impact along the way, but he had some big seasons after the knee. The very next right. season, he goes over 1,000 yards. And then the next season after that, almost 1,500 yards. And he had a, you know, then 985, then over 1,000 again. So he... He had some really good years even after the knee injury. And and it feels like the way it's talked about now, it's that kind of ended his career prematurely. And if only that never happened, we, what would we be looking at? So eight years, uh, as you mentioned, uh, four times over 1,000. And then one year he had 985. So And then you look at all-purpose yards. I mean, he wasn't catching the ball a ton, but there was, there was some there. A lot of touchdowns scored. I mean, yeah, I had no was, idea he played for the Rams. I yeah, do not very recall end, that at all. I thought that that had something to do with Chuck, but I'm not sure if Chuck was down there yet. Huh. Uh, or did he? 1990? I thought Chuck went from here to there. Anyway. I uh, played seven games. Uh, yeah. yeah, so he didn't. I mean, it was 100. He had uh, 49 carries, 139 yards, and a touchdown. So. He was smart enough to know that he was done. Yeah, yeah. It's so yeah. weird, though, just thinking of him in a Rams uniform. I, yeah. I had 
no knowledge of that. Did it's like Franco Harris, and he, got, and he got here in Seattle. Yeah, that I know. I knew. I don't. I didn't see him here, but I just knew that that had happened. You know, Joe so. Namath in San Francisco. No, he was with the. Uh, or oh, I'm sorry, uh, the Rams. The Rams, right? But OJ the, went. To OJ San, was the one in San Francisco. 49ers, yeah, but yeah, the Rams and and Kurt Warner. I don't this yeah. Kurt Warner with a C. Yep. The other Ram. Kurt Warner. That makes sense. All right. If you missed any of our conversation with the great Kurt Warner, you can find that on the podcast page at seattlesports.com. Just click the podcast tab and then click on our picture. It'll be right there waiting after the show as it is each and every day. Coming up, what were your biggest takeaways? We'll give you our biggest takeaways from the Mariners spring training opener. That is coming up next with Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports on 710. Wyman and Bob. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Our thanks to Kurt Warner. Kurt with a C. He, formerly of the Seattle Seahawks, tremendous running back. Joined us in the previous segment, in case you guys are just tuning in. Really good stuff. Cool to talk to him. And if you missed that conversation, it will be available at seattlesports.com after the show. We do have mean texts. I've been negligent, Dave. I keep saying during the breaks, oh, that's right. I got to bring up. What's the matter with you, Bob? Are you on the weed or something? (sighs) must be on the weed, I guess. (laughs) Look at Matt. Matt loves it. (laughs) A, if I can ever get a laugh out of Matt, I'm very happy. Um, And B, it always has to be something not about sports. An old man calling it the weed. (laughs) Well, I said I was going to provoke these people, and it's. I was like, "What? Where are all the texts? The everybody's, texts. everybody's too stoned. Wow, man, I'm, <laughs> I'm sleepy. I, I need some pizza. Come on, where are you? Dave's just asking for it. Eight six six nine seven nine three seven seven six. Again, eight six six nine seven nine three seven seven six. Powered by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. We've got mean texts coming up, and Dave Wyman taking shots at all of you, saying you're lazy because you're on the weed. The weed. There you go. <laughs> hey, uh, somebody two hundred six. Uh, Texted in, Kurt was in our insurance class six years ago when I had a chance to meet him. He was nothing but a complete gentleman, made everybody just feel like regular people. Super fun to hang out with for three days because they come in and do those classes and get certified and everything. So anyway, good compliment. Just a regular, nicest guy. Good dude. Yeah, so he... He was, I think he was born in like Wyoming, went to Penn State, um, was a, a first round draft choice here for the Seahawks and was a stud. Just awesome. Heck awesome of a running back, man. When you go back and look at those numbers, it's again, it's surprising because I've just kind of functioned with the idea that after that knee injury was never the same and, yeah. you know, what could have been. And, and you look at those years going, holy mackerel, he went for almost 1500 in this year. And, you know, he's. He was a hell of a, a hell of a player. You know, <laughs> one thing really quick. Uh, there used to be a show called Crow and West here yeah. in town, and Gary Crow used to do a Wayne Cody impersonation. Yeah, and part of it was "Hello, everybody." Yeah. you know, and he would say it like that. And yeah. so Kurt like got on that, and he could not. You could not not hear that from. I mean, he would say it like. 50 times a day. Just walking around. Yeah. Hello, everybody. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he just was so on that. I think it was Moyers. One of his uh, uh, children were born, and there was a video, and we were watching it, and must have heard Kurt say that like 50 times. <laughs> Hello, everybody. He thought that was really funny. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> just hilarious. Always a big smile on his face. I don't think I ever saw Kurt mad or angry. Or Except certain. for when Paul told him to go run the... Well, yeah. Run the and he didn't even get that mad, you know. So, <laughs> yeah. But Paul did, so that's the fun part. Uh, anyway, 
Uh, moving on, the Mariners uh, put one in the books today. They take out the Padres 3-2. to two. Really, the story is about the rules and everything else going on out there. And we had people texting in when we opened the show just talking about what did you like, what didn't you like. Now, it's hard because you didn't really get a chance to watch it. The game wasn't on TV, so you're listening to it. But yeah. the biggest takeaway, even not watching it, was how quickly it went. That was a fast game. And if there was a complaint, it was about it was too fast. Some people texting in saying, yeah, I want I want to spend a day at the ballpark, not two hours. It is. I never thought I'd hear about people wanting the game to be longer. That always seemed to be the most popular complaint. Oh, it's too long and it's too slow, which is why they put these rules in place to speed the game up, provide more action, take away the shift, all of that. And this was our first glimpse of it today. Yeah, I, I think and somebody was just texting in about how. Like for the broadcasters, too. I mean, again, nobody cares about the broadcasters, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's a little bit in, uh, different for them because, you know, eventually they would get to, like, telling stories and things like that. And all of a sudden it's like – and I, I noticed on the broadcast on the way in. Uh, so – and I just – my first blush was I'm not in love with it. I, I just felt Too like it was, it was hurried. It was like, oh, oh, slow down, slow down. But we're all used to that. Um, you know, I don't know. Maybe, I feel like maybe – I don't know, maybe next year you you alluded to this. I don't know. They're not going to make a change during the season, would they? Do I don't. They? I don't think so. Does I, MLB I, ever do that? Not that I recall. the The only league I remember doing something in the middle of the year was the NBA. Remember when they changed the ball? They brought in a new ball, and the players uh, hated it. Really? And I think they they aborted abort mission in the middle of the season. That's that's the only time I can really remember any sort of change to start a year that everybody talked about, and then. Where they just went, no, we're we're not going to continue that. Yeah, I don't I don't think they do. We were on that conference call with Raul Labanez yesterday, and he was talking through the rules with everybody, and you know all the broadcasters were on there, and writers asking him questions about you know what what happens in this situation, what happens if this goes on, and um, but and and I think he alluded somebody might have asked about changing you know flexibility and changing these. Kind of made it sound like, yeah, we we would look at it. I'm paraphrasing because I don't remember exactly right, what right. he said, but made it sound like, yeah, there's certainly there's something they would take into consideration, but not like in the middle of the season. I don't think. Yeah, I guess the only reason that um, that I would say they probably won't do that is because they've been doing it in the minor leagues for the last what was it year or two, and nobody's yeah. you know I've not heard one complaint from anyone you know because there are lots of people that go down to Tacoma and watch the the Rainiers. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't hear anybody complaining about it. Like, when we were talking about introducing these rules last year, nobody was like, oh, you should go to the Rainier game. It, it's terrible. It's too fast. You don't even have time to drink a beer. That was There was, like, more than three or four different responders on our text toy who uh, were, you know, it was had to do with alcohol. Yeah. yeah. With, oh, I got to drink my beers way too fast now. Yeah. But. How about this one? Uh, 253 says, I was able to watch the game. I got the MLB.TV trial. I'm 25, so I'm closer to the younger younger demo that they're going for. I hated it. I've seen longer movies. Mm. Makes me not want to spend the time and money to go to the ballpark. Takes away from the mind games between pitcher and hitter. Don't like it at all. That's, yeah, from, the, that's from a young guy. That's interesting. You know, I hadn't really thought about that part of it that, like, you spend a whole day going to a football game, and it used to be for a baseball game, a whole day. I mean, it's it's going to be a three-hour deal. You want to get there an hour early. You know, um, yeah, all of a sudden it's like, okay, it's going to be two hours and ten minutes or two hours and 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, It's. Uh, I think they're shooting for an average of somewhere around two and a half, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting to hear people thinking it's too short or too 
too quick. Uh, let's see. 253 says, I love that baseball is back, but horrible trying to listen to the game over the radio. The new rules make it really difficult to sit back and have Rick Riz really put you at, at the ballpark by the magical, talented way that he has. No escape anymore. Sad. Yeah. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah, I... <sighs> It's it's weird though because you would you would think that you know it would be the other way around but yeah it was uh, it was very very different today just the the whole cadence the tempo and I suppose we'll get used to it but we'll see um, let's see the pitch clock is a big problem it just doesn't give the pitcher or the batter time to get focused also the high stress pitches in the eighth and ninth in September so yeah I I think. Listen, the way that it sounded, I'm just going off tone and how Raul was talking on this this broadcast or this uh, this meeting. They sound like they're open to it. Like, hey, this is we've done the research at the minor league level. We're implementing it at this level. We're going to see how it goes, kind of thing. And I'm sure they'll they'll tweak it as they see fit. If at the end of the year everybody's going, hey man, you you got to put five more seconds on the pitch clock, or you got to put uh, you got to let me step off the rubber one more time, or who know whatever it is whatever adjustment they sound i don't know that they will make changes but you know as he said on the on the conference call there's never a consensus on anything <laughs> so yeah well you know it's interesting the the machado penalty that he got the the extra strike i guess he was we were talking to son of augustuson and he was in the box and had the bat in his hand but he wasn't looking at the pitcher no yep you so, got you got to make eye contact yeah it's kind of like a you know and may, maybe sometimes you forget you know and that's no reason like i would I would hate to see, you know, we talk about this with penalties in in the NFL, you know, if it's a a playoff game or a World Series game, wouldn't you hate to see somebody either take a base or get an extra strike or strike out? Yeah. Because of that? Well, that by that point of the season everybody should be used to it. This is game yeah. 1 of the pre of the spring training, so uh, and 206 says, overreaction Friday. Recency bias, anyone? It's Well, it's our first taste of it. It's our first exposure to it, so we're all experiencing it at, is experiencing it at the same time. So it's, it's all our, we have to talk about. Yeah, well, it's, a, it's the first time any of us have been exposed to it at the major league level, so we'll, we'll see how it goes. But, yeah, certainly different. All right. Mean text time. If you guys have mean text, now is the time to get creative and send those in. 866-979-3776. Powered by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. Still got about five minutes to get those in. So we'll unveil those next with Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports on 710. Wyman and Bob. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. We got some good ones coming in here, Dave. Good mean text, which is what we do every Friday here with Wyman and Bob, Seattle Sports on 710. If you're new to the program, we collect the mean things you guys say about us. You text into us trying to be hurtful, insulting. And sometimes people are too stoned. <laughs> so, yeah, 253 was like, yeah, I got a really good mean text, but uh, I forgot to send it in because I'm so baked. <laughs> I forgot to hit send. Okay, I, I got to read this one because longtime listener, Jen and Beaverton. This is fantastic. And I know that none of you out there that are stoned can be this clever. Because <laughs> you just can't. Stoners can't be Here's clever. Here's what Jen... When is there going to be a pitch clock on Dave's stories? <laughs> wow. I don't even... I can't even come back from that. That's fantastic. Oh. There we go. Uh, another one. The image of young Dave Wyman carrying a briefcase. That's like seeing Bob eat at a buffet. <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't add up. Doesn't go together. 
I went. You know, it's funny. The times that I think about you, Bob, is that uh, the other day I went by and it was like in a little strip mall and it was a buffet all you can eat. And it just was like the most greasy spoon looking. And I was like, that would be Bob's nightmare. Oh, I'd be hungry. I'd be sitting there watching others eat. It'd be like a, afterwards there'd be a scene like a, in Bridesmaids. <laughs> where you were in the wedding dress shop there. <laughs> or out in the street. Everybody else. Oh, it's, it's happening. It's happening. Oh, boy. There you go. Uh, let's see. A couple others had the same idea as Jen. Uh, who do we talk to to get a pitch clock on Bob? There you go. Okay. Uh, and then another one. They all came in a row. If you look at them, it was three in a row. There was that one. And then in between that and Jen's, it said, I wish somebody would put a pitch clock on you two. <laughs> so, yeah. They're, it's, uh, they're getting clever with that. There JD in the 509 was all over the uh, the bridesmaids. Because uh, I've said this to my wife before at times. Because I saw the Seinfeld episode. That there is good naked and bad naked. Oh, yeah, yeah. So one, some of the times where it's bad naked and I hear my wife approaching, I'm like, look away. <laughs> look away. <laughs> bad naked. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's what uh, JD and the 509 here. Uh, let's, let's see. Mean text. With Ryan filling in for Bob on Monday, I get the feeling the majority of the show will be a battle of Ryan's Aussie slangs button and Dave's fart machine. Oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, I'll bring in the fart machine. Absolutely. <laughs> there you go. Dave's excited for his fart machine. Remember I texted you guys that that day when yeah. you said, you know, I was the, the you said he was the, uh, Ryan Roland Smith was the better looking uh, younger young version. version. And he had like a thing. And I said, hey, I got a, I got a fart machine. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, you said, he had this little noisemaker thing. You said in a text, you guys have props? Or he's got props? I yeah. didn't know that. I didn't know we were allowed to have props. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Any anything catching your eye back there, Matt? Matt and Mercer Island. Shout out to a fellow Matt. Uh, I thought it was Dave Wyman, not Dave Wine Man. Wine Man. Oh, like a like a you know the beverage wine? Mm. No, like the complaining. Wine. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, there was a guy. Uh, the pitcher. His name is Wyman. It's W E I M A N. And he was wearing number ninety two. How random is that? It's a sad homage to. A former broken-down linebacker. I don't think he would per- pick that on purpose. And I think he gave up uh, the two runs that were allowed to <laughs> <laughs> uh, He was the losing pitcher. No, they won. Three to two today. But, yeah, he gave up a couple there. Uh, let's see. Two, five, three. Screw the pitch clock. We need to ban your guys' shifts and get some new blood on here. All right. <laughs> Jeez. All Getting right. rid of the shift. That guy was not smoking weed. He's not happy. 425. Dave, if baseball is now too fast for you, have some of the weed before first pitch to slow it down. <laughs> there you go. Now I'd be like, wait, what are they doing? Why is the catcher throwing it back to the pitcher? He just threw it back the other way. Why are they throwing it back? And <laughs> I don't forth? get what's happening. I'm so confused. Uh, let's see. What else did we get here? Dave, if they compared your NFL career to your radio career, you'd be on the next ballot to Canton. Saying you're not so great on the radio is what they're saying. Yeah, okay. I get it. I, I'm sorry. That guy was stone. He thought it was something else. Uh, yeah. 253, they sped up MLB games because people like Dave kept falling asleep in the seventh inning. Mm. <laughs> 
Uh, this is for video game players, I guess. If there were Madden-style ratings for radio hosts, Dave's storytelling stat would be five out of a hundred. Is that how they do do that on Madden? They used to. I haven't played it in a while, but that's what they used to do. Five. Well, the number I used to use is five, so five's the best. So thank you for the compliment. There we go. Oh man, look at this. We've got uh, we've got Adam Ray. Did he chime? I sent him a text. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Lefko, who's not here, uh, has the face of a guy whose nickname in high school was Butterbutt. <laughs> Why? Dave looks like the roadie for the Chuck E. Cheese band. Okay. Uh, is it just me, or is Brock starting to sound like that gym teacher that brags about how sweet the back of his neck smells? <laughs> He's he's always got a weird one about Brock. Remember the one last week or week before? He looks like a guy who likes to smell other people's keys. Keys, yeah. <laughs> well, the the one. What, what about the one where uh, Salk was pu- pushing the button? Oh, on the plane to, to brag that <laughs> to he knows brag, KJ Wright. To brag to the flight attendant, I know KJ Wright. Uh, left goes the voice of a guy who sneezes on the salad bar, looks at a child, says, You're welcome, kid. That's how you build immunity. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, Dave has the body of a guy who fights with strangers at mattress stores. <laughs> uh, let's see. Yes. This is, I guess this isn't even mean. Lefko has the voice of a guy who should get high with Adam Ray. No joke here. Just a grade A suggestion. Okay. Uh, Salk has the smile of a guy who does the disappearing thumb trick to a 90-year-old woman and freaks out when she says, I don't get it. (laughs) Uh, Brock cracks me up. Talks about how the back of his neck smells. You ever, you know, when you hear that, you go, "What is going on in Adam Ray's brain?" Yeah, I've got a, I've got a fair idea of what's happening. <laughs> uh, and then let's see. All right, enough. You both need a dark room treatment and pizza. I think they're implying we're under, under the influence there. Hey, by the way, I think Adam Ray was doing some kind of video where he had a filter. Was it his bro filter? Yeah, it's or the, the gym bro. I think he calls him that character, Sean. Yeah, I think. Well, he's somebody, always in the gym, like, what's up, everybody? Sean here. Yeah. Somebody texted in that, yeah, it looks like he's got some Botox, like he was serious about, no, that's a filter, man. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, that was, that was, <laughs> if you thought that was his real face, that makes that even more hilarious, because it's, it's quite distorted when you have these giant eyebrows and bright blue eyes and everything. Uh, you guys are cruising through mean text. I'm starting to think thumb was the problem. Mm, taking shots at at thumb. I I don't know. I I think Jen wins the day, man. Yeah. So uh, and then oh, and look at she didn't even have to do this. Love you, Dave. Uh, you go on telling your stories over and over and over. I love them every time, Jen and Beaverton. Oh, <laughs> put a thanks, pitch Jen. clock on your story. That's great. <laughs> that That's very solid good. work, very, Jen. Very good. Solid work. Just bringing it all together, Jen from Beaverton. All right, coming up, good stuff from you guys, by the way. If you're new to the program, we do that every Friday. So just be creative. You take a shot at whoever you'd like. Just be creative is all we ask. Coming up, we'll weigh in on the start of spring training, what stood out, give our take on what was happening with the new rules, all that good stuff coming your way with Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports on 710.